Welcome to the Law of Startups Podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for being with us. Today, we are lucky to have on our show uh, the co-founder and CEO of Clerky, Darby Wong. Darby, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. So, so Darby, for those of uh, for those of us in the or for those yeah for those of us in the startup world who don't know about Clerky yet, tell us tell us what Clerky does. Uh, yeah, well, fundamentally, we build software to help companies and lawyers get uh, legal paperwork done more efficiently. Uh, and and what we what we're primarily known for is company formation. So if you go to our website uh, and, and sign up, you can uh, form a, a, a startup company. Uh, Delaware C Corporation online uh, using uh, more or less uh, sort of the typical Silicon Valley law firm forms, uh, and you can you can incorporate, you can issue stock to founders, uh, appoint board members, officers, you know, basically all the standard stuff you need to do. Um, and we have a whole bunch of other stuff in private beta as well, uh, stuff like seed financings, uh, equity compensation, et cetera. Uh, basically, everything you need for a startup uh, prior to Series A. All right. Well, that sounds really cool. How many? How long have you been doing it? How long? Have you, when did you guys launch? Oh, it's it's been a long time actually. Uh, we launched in uh, well, we started off in 2011. Uh, so my co-founder uh, Chris Field and I were both uh, lawyers at Oric, uh, and in 2000, towards the end of 2010, we had sort of made the decision to start Clerky, and then we started it in early 2011. Uh, and then we launched the company formation service publicly in, in 2013. Uh, so prior to that, we were sort of uh, we we just were just operating in private beta with a lot of uh, sort of companies that we knew. Sure, you guys. And it's funny. I was talking to somebody the, the other day. You'll you'll appreciate the story. Somebody I asked somebody well um, about the the YC the YC the YC companies, and in the the person made the response. So well, all the YC companies use Clarky. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what we love to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Every single one, awesome work, Darby. Nice, that's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd be stoked to hear that. Um, but you guys do. I mean, you 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 were a YC company, right? And you you, I mean, you do a lot of YC companies, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's actually yeah how we got started. Uh, you know, so so uh, so it's not it's not exactly intuitive, right? But but I, I think I think both. You and Mike will appreciate this. Uh, you know, the easiest paperwork is actually probably, you know, like a seed financing, right? So, so like convertible note financing, for example. So the company formation paperwork is actually a bit more complicated. Um, and so because of that, we started off with a tool just for convertible note financings. Um, and we went into Y Combinator with that and, uh, and, and basically, you know, just sort of became... Uh, uh, Sort of obvious to everybody at that point in our batch that they should just be using Clerky for for their uh, convertible note financings. Um, so prior prior to that, you know, a lot of the Y Combinator companies would either use lawyers or they would do it themselves using forms that their lawyers had given them. And this was part of the this was part of the reason behind starting Clerky was that you know we had seen uh, you know sort of what happens when companies use forms on their own, which is that, uh, you know, maybe half the time things end up all right. Um, but oftentimes there's sort of, uh, a lot of cleanup that needs to be done. Um, just because the forms were used, uh, you know, incorrectly. Um, and so the idea really was to build software to just sort of streamline the process and just make it a lot harder to make mistakes basically. Um, 
and so yeah, I mean, YC was really good for us in that you know it was just uh, you know we really quickly got that initial uh, you know group of beta customers using us for their fundraising in our batch. Um, and then starting with the next batch, you know, Y Combinator itself started using us for the um, for their investment into the companies. So that was really cool too. That's great. Tell, uh, tell us about the product a little bit. So is it is it like a um, document automation kind of system where people answer questions in forms and then it generates the docs, or or how does what does it feel like for a user? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Um, so I mean, it's it's pretty much an end to end product uh, so so if you look at traditional document uh, automation um, you know it, it's basically what you describe right you put in information it generates documents but then from there you have to figure out how to uh, basically close out the close out the transaction with the documents um, so we sort of take it a step further so you know you enter the information generate the documents and then you enter the email addresses of everybody that needs to sign uh, and then we send out signature requests uh, and then once everybody signs, we generate the signed PDFs and you're done. So it's a completely online process. It's all in one product. There's no need to uh, move from one tool to another. Uh, so it's just a very, very highly streamlined process. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds really nice. So, um, so you were you were doing. Uh, so tell us a little bit of history. You you uh, you went to you went to Harvard Law. You went, you went to Harvard, and then you were a coder for a little while, and then you went to law, and then you went to law school. How, tell me about your history again, like how the how your career flowed, and how you wound up here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so I, I think yeah, probably going back to college. Uh, you know, I was in computer science there, uh, and um, you know, this was back in around. 2004. Uh, so, you know, there's sort of the excitement of the dot-com era and it sort of went down. Uh, but then I think around 2004, things were starting to ramp up a little bit again. Um, and so I, I was always sort of very interested in uh, starting my own company. Um, although I, I never imagined that it would be a, a company in the legal technology space, to be honest. Um, I, don't, I don't know why. I just had always uh, had more interest on the consumer side of things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I was in computer science, uh, and I had actually sort of, uh, gone into computer science with the idea of going into academia. Um, but I did, I did some research there, uh, you know, University of Washington is great in that they have a whole bunch of, uh, research opportunities for undergraduates. Um, but as, as part of that, I sort of realized that I, uh, that I didn't want to go into academia. Um, at the same time, I was a little bit, at, at the time I was burnt out from programming a little bit. Um, and so I started to, to sort of look at other options. Uh, and that's sort of what led me to law school. Um, I mean, it sounds a little bit lame, but, you know, I was, I was sort of, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was sort of debating a lot of people online on, on message boards and that kind of thing. And I was like, well, I like arguing. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe law school is the right thing for me. Um, but then, you know, I, I got to law school and uh, and sort of very quickly realized that you know the career path that I would want had a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, uh, and, and I'm sure I mean I'm sure you guys know this, but you know to sort of um, you know in in the especially sort of in the world of litigation and, and that sort of stuff. Um, it's basically a, a lot of legal research and writing and, 
you know, your reward for doing well is sort of even more of that, um, which I don't mind, but, uh, you know, sort of the initial stages of that is, is pretty, um, you know, it's pretty sort of, uh, very fine grained, uh, nitty gritty kind of work, um, which was just a little too slow for me. Um, and so throughout law school, I was just sort of, you know, exploring different startup ideas, trying to meet people, et cetera. Uh, and then, uh, you know, that sort of led me to, uh, to a summer internship at, at Oric out in uh, Silicon Valley. So I don't know if your listeners know this, but, but there's a few major startup practices out here in Silicon Valley and, uh, Oric had a, has a pretty good group, um, and so, you know, since they're doing a lot of startup law, I figured, you know, this seems like a good sort of, you know, overlap of my interests and uh, went out to Oric. Um, and, you know, even, even up until the last year of law school, I was still debating whether or not I should, uh, you know, join a law firm or if I should, uh, you know, start a company. Um, but that was around 2008. Uh, you know, as you guys know, the the economy sort of fell apart. Everybody was sort of wondering if if the American economy would would ever recover, if it was going to die, etc. And so I thought to myself, well, there's probably worse things than you know joining a, a prestigious law firm where I'll get a decent salary and I'll have a decent platform to meet people out in Silicon Valley. Um, and so that's basically how I ended up as as a startup lawyer. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good story. So I don't. I don't know how many people uh, follow the path that you followed. Um, you know, you're you're a, like a coder, computer science degree, UW, and then wind up uh, wind up as a startup lawyer in Silicon Valley. That's a pretty uh, unique path. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 It makes you uniquely situated to sort of help you know help the legal industry figure out how to deliver better services in a more cost effective manner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and like I said, I never thought I would start a company like Clerky. I was always more focused on the consumer side, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's sort of like a perfect, uh, perfect. I don't I don't know what you call it. It's perfect something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So 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 is the is the as the Clerky are the Clerky services all it's all web app stuff or is there is there are there are there also phone phone apps that go along with it. Uh, nope, it's it's all online. Um, you know, we're a pretty small company, so we don't have, um, uh, you know, I mean, phone phone support just generally takes a really long time. Right. Uh, and and actually, you know, I think emails, uh, you know, a, l- a little bit better in that you have everything on record. You know, you can look back and see what happened. Uh, so yeah, we do everything over over email, um, but. Uh, you know that's that's mostly just sort of technical support type stuff. Uh, you know, er, there's no component of the product that's that's offered uh, outside of the software. What's your what's your price structure for the product? I mean, just to get a sense of it, because it seems like there's a lot of ways you could go with that. And and startup companies, particularly at the beginning, tend to be kind of cash strapped. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, enterprise software tends to sell for quite a bit more than than a consumer product. Ha, 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 walk me through your you know, what you came up with in terms of how you offer it, assuming that you guys are, I assume you guys are, are that far along. Um, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, how you came to that, how you came to that decision. And if, if it was, it was tricky to figure out what to charge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely, uh, you know, had a lot of conversations about what kind of pricing structure would make sense. Um, you know, we, we considered a subscription pricing model, for example, um, but, you know, I think ultimately, I think, you know, because of what you said, you know, startups are cash strapped, we thought it made more sense to have, 
a sort of per transaction model, um, mostly because at, at a really early stage, um, a lot of companies are not doing a lot of paperwork, legal paperwork. You know, they might want to get formed. They don't need a long term. They don't need a long term solution. They need to kind of solve their right. immediate problem. Makes yeah, sense. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so and so we wanted sort of a pricing structure that would that just sort of uh, you know really matched uh, you know the, the 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 mindsets of the founders. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, we sort of have a per transaction model. Our, our most popular thing is going to be company formation. Um, and so that's going to be, uh, $99 for the incorporation. And then you have a whole bunch of government fees on top of that. Uh, and then we've, uh, we sort of handle everything else, you know, the, the founder stock issuance, the board appointment bylaws, et cetera, in what we call a post incorporation setup. Um, just for lack of any other term, uh, and that's two hundred ninety nine dollars. So altogether, you know, you can form a company, uh, you know, on on very sort of commonly accepted forms uh, for four hundred bucks plus uh, your sort of registered agent fees and, and government fees. Yeah, how how have you gone about finding customers? I know you've got you're sort of plugged into the startup community through your Y Combinator involvement, but are, have you guys gone broader than that and started to do, you know, general web marketing to try to attract people that are, you know, maybe more traditional folks that are starting up, starting mm-hmm. businesses? Yeah, yeah. You know, we actually haven't. Uh, and, and it's it's sort of interesting that you bring up the, the traditional aspect of it. Um, so, you know, a lot of people compare us with LegalZoom or, or Rocket Lawyer or basically any other online incorporation service. Um, but we really don't don't view ourselves as competitive with with those uh, services, and it's it's primarily because uh, you know they're sort of more focused on the traditional businesses, um, which leads to sort of you know one type of paperwork, uh, mm-hmm. and we're, whereas we're sort of very much focused on the sort of high growth technology startup uh, ecosystem. And so, so what that means is we just have a different set of paperwork. Um, so I mean, I'm sure you guys know, you know. Uh, at a startup law firm, you know, if you get a company from LegalZoom, uh, there's there's going to be some cleanup involved because you know they're just not the set of paperwork they produce is just not really what you're expecting, right? So they don't even have, you know, IP assignment, for example. Um, and so, so for a large part, you know, like the the company formation service that Clerky offers is. Um, is, is sort of meant to be LegalZoom, but for legal start. Uh, but for tech startups. Right. Do you throw, by the way, I should know this, but do you guys throw in a, I mean, does a stock option plan or equity incentive plan come in the, come in the bundle too? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually just announced the forms uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they've been in private beta with, with Y Combinator for uh, a couple of years now. Um, so yeah, so it's not included in the company formation part because, uh, a lot of companies are not ready to adopt a stock plan at that point, but we do have templates for uh, adopting a stock plan and then issuing equity to uh, service providers like employees and consultants. So how do you guys do the, um, sorry to press you on all these details, but how do you guys do the uh, the A3B elections? Do you just like, I mean, tell the founders they've got to do them and that they're within a certain period of time and how to do them and then founders have got to go find their way to the post office and send these things in certified mail that's the sort of that's the drill tell them how to do it yeah yeah that's that's pretty much the drill i know you know different 
different law firms have different ways of handling this. So some of them will do basically that. Some of them will, uh, you know, sort of handhold the founders a little bit more. But what we do is we we provide really detailed instructions uh, and uh, you know pre-fill out the 83B election forms. Um, and then it's on the founders to uh, basically sign and date them, and then and then mail them to the IRS. And then we send out, uh, I think, up to three reminders um, as the 30-day deadline approaches. Um, you know, for to make sure that people are are getting those 83B elections in. Yeah, what a great what a great service you guys are providing to people. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, no, it's it's really neat. So. So you guys, you guys haven't started the, getting back to Mike's question, you haven't started doing sort of like any sort of more broad-based outreach to, to like startup communities outside Silicon Valley or in, across the other parts of the country or anything of that nature. It's all been sort of word of mouth at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to answer that question. But yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, we've been really fortunate. Um, we've, we've primarily just grown off of word of mouth. Um, we haven't, uh, yeah, we've we've not done any marketing initiatives or, or anything like that. Um, I, I think I think mostly it's just you know uh, you know we've been fortunate to have a lot of Y Combinator companies use us, and it's just such a huge uh, network at this point that uh, you know it's just not hard for uh, you know word to spread from that community outwards. Um, but yeah, I think I think in the near term future we're going to start uh, doing a little bit more marketing and that sort of thing to reach a broader audience. Gotcha. So, if you so on that front, I mean, a lot, we, a lot of companies that have been on the show um, have the same kind of uh, thing. They're trying to figure out how to. They've got their they've got their product built. They've got you know they got word of mouth success, and then they're trying to figure out how to how to move beyond sort of word of mouth and market the market the the product. How do you? I mean, have you given like what, how much like how much have you spec this out, and kind of how do you how are you thinking about approaching it right now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that we haven't figured out yet, to be honest, and it, it is challenging, um, especially for us, because, uh, you know, like I said, we're more focused on, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're completely focused on, on sort of high-growth technology startups, and so we're not going after the traditional businesses. Um, and so, you know, to compete, um, you know, and get business, it's a little bit harder because you can't target the same uh, for, for example, if you were to advertise on Google, right? Like we can't just go go in and advertise against you know Delaware Incorporation because then we're going to get a whole bunch of companies that you know aren't really a good fit for us. Um, so it's it's something we're figuring out. Uh, I think you know probably uh, you know one obvious thing, for example, is 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 you know partnerships with other accelerators. Um, so you know obviously we've done a lot with Y Combinator uh, and we've worked with a lot of other accelerators as well. Um, but just sort of starting to to grow out that network is probably uh, a good start. Yeah, let's let's talk about you know it's you've got a little bit of a similar experience to me in a sense that you we were both at big uh, Silicon Valley tech law firms and left to go start our own thing. Um, t- mm-hmm. Talk let's talk a little bit about you know that decision to leave the firm and whether it was hard and how you made it and, and, um, and talk us through that that process because it's um, for a lot of startup every every startup entrepreneur has the experience of, of kind of taking that first step into um, into doing their own thing and, and maybe moving away from a bigger corporate job. Um, and so I'm always interested to hear, you know, how people did that, uh, how they felt about it, whether it was scary, whether they 
you know, what, what their what their attitude was or their approach to, to making that move. So t- talk us through that. What, mm-hmm. when, how, how long ago was it that you left the firm? Uh, yeah, so it was back in uh, 2010, although I, I should uh, sort of preface this. So I, I didn't start. So, so what happened was I worked at Oric for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, at some point I sort of realized that uh, you know, my my whole reason for coming out to Silicon Valley and 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 working there was to have a platform in which I could meet people, uh, you know, potential co-founders, you know, get ideas for startups, etc. Um, and as you know, like you know, life at a law firm is uh, very grueling, uh, <laughs> and uh, and doesn't doesn't leave a lot of room for creativity, basically. And so, and so I came to the realization that I needed to, um, you know, if I was going to ever you know, sort of move forward on the entrepreneurship path, I needed to sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, ba- basically get myself more time away from from legal work. Uh, and so I, I, I went to Oric and I was like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to leave, um, you know, basically to pursue, uh, you know, my entrepreneurial dreams. Um, and at the time they were a little bit short staffed. So they, they said, Hey, well, you know, since you don't know what you're going to do next exactly, why don't you just work part-time for a while? And, uh, and that'll give you some cash while you, you know, figure things out. So I did that for about a year. And during that year, you know, I had a lot of conversations with people and, uh, that's sort of, you know, how Chris and I came together. Uh, you know, our, our offices were actually right next to each other. So we talked quite a bit, um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so, so I think, you know, already I had made that decision to sort of start looking elsewhere, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, making the, the sort of the second decision to, to leave the firm completely and, and start clerky. I don't, you know, I don't think it was, um, it wasn't really scary for me necessarily. I think partially because I, I knew I could always, um, you know, get a job as a lawyer if if I needed to go back to that. Um, so I was, you know, fortunate to have that as a, as a backup. Um, I think, you know, if, if anything, like I felt, uh, uh, it was almost like, like that feeling you get on the last day of school, uh, you know, like when you're going to hit summer vacation, you know, you feel like you're, I mean, you just basically can't, can't wait to run out, run, run out of the halls basically. Um, so it was pretty exciting, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if your nice. experience yeah. was, was uh, similar. Well, I had a, a similar experience in a sense that 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 once I was out, I felt somewhat liberated and had more time and felt more fulfilled spending my time working on things that I felt were, um, I don't know, more directly related to my interests. Um, but it, it was, and, and I also, I was, I had the benefit of of having built what I what I moved to while I was at the firm. So the the company was already somewhat successful and profitable before I even quit. So it got to the point yeah. where where I was I was working on it in my spare time, and then it started doing really well, and and I was able to say, okay, well, this is big enough that I don't really have to worry about about leaving the other job. Um, but even even with that, there, you know, there's always the even when you're successful and you have income, you you know that it could go away at any time, and so it, it wasn't so much scary for me because I I sort of it was it's my passion and my dream to do it. But I, you know, my wife's considerations were part of it too. And there were a lot of discussions with her about, you know, Hey, you know, is this going to work? Uh, you know, are, are mm-hmm. you sure, are you sure about this? And so, you know, there, it, it, when you have the family aspect to it, you have to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, you can't just leap, uh, and then, and then worry about it later because you, you sort of have to justify the, 
the decision to the to the family as a whole. Um, oh yeah, but, I think yeah. I think that's very true. I mean, I was sort of uh, uh, luck, lucky in that I, I didn't get married until you know, about a year ago. So yeah, I, I think if if I had been married back then, I imagine it would have been a very uh, a tough sell to my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it it um you know if you if you do the we did I did the math on it and it just seemed like it it made sense and. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's sometimes it can be a, that decision to leave your job and go do something entrepreneurial, particularly if you have a spouse can be kind of a, a tough ask for the spouse, because to some extent you're asking them to take the risk with you. And, and a lot of the, the financial burden could potentially fall on your other, on your, on right. your other half. Uh, if, if the businesses takes, you know, most businesses take a few years before they start to, to generate anything. So, um, yeah. you know, you're kind of selling the family on the prospect of not making a lot of money for the next several years. Um, and that can be a burden on everybody else, but, um, but long term it can be really great. And, and, uh, you know, in my case, it, leaving the firm meant spending much more time with my family. So even, even though it was partly, you know, the financial hit at the beginning of not having that paycheck, um, you know, lifestyle wise and being able to actually, you know, be, be more involved in family life was a big deal. So there were, yeah, there were no, I, I think that's, I think that's a very good point. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, potentially underappreciated aspect of, of starting a company is that, you know, even if you're working the same hours, um, or, you know, even more hours, for example, um, you know, just the control you have over your own schedule, I think, uh, makes it a lot easier for you to have the kind of, um, you know, work life balance that, that you want to have. It's true. Yep. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for the company? Continue to grow or uh, add more? Add more documents? What, what are, what's your What's your um, plan look like for the next six months? Uh, yeah. So so yeah, a little bit of both. Um, you know. So so we have company formations out there, equity compensation. Um, but there's you know there's there's more stuff that we have in private beta that we need to roll out. So we've had seed financings in private beta forever, um, and we got to you know we got to roll that out. Um, you know, to, to the broader public, uh, but but then sort of from a software perspective, um, you know, a lot of the work we're doing now is is adding features to uh, make it easier for companies and lawyers to work together. So early on, the tool was primarily used by companies, um, by founders, you know, on their own, um, and uh, you know, and and the tool has worked great for that. Um, but, you know, sort of as companies are growing and as uh, the ecosystem develops, you know, we're just finding that a lot of companies want to use Clerky, uh, you know, sort of uh, in cooperation with their lawyer. And so we're trying to add features to, uh, to, to basically make it really nice for lawyers um, to, to use Clerky with their clients. That's great. Yeah, it seems like a tool like that uh, certainly has its place. The legal uh, market is so inefficient in so many ways. And it's a, it's a tough nut to crack because law firms themselves tend to be really resistant to change. But uh, so it sounds like you're going about it the right way, kind of hitting the, the founders and the companies and then having them kind of bring it to the lawyers to kind of bring them along. And I suppose that lawyers in the startup space are at least out of, out of all the lawyers tend to be some of the more tech savvy and more open to change um, than most. So maybe that's also a good, a good move is that, you know, trying to change the, change the legal profession from within the at least a small subset of it that might be most receptive. Um, yeah. And, and then branch yeah. out from there. Um, did you, you said you have a computer science background. Did, have you been doing a lot of the coding yourself or do you have um, a technical co-founder or how, what, what, um, how much hands-on have you been spending, you know, actually building the, the website? 
Yeah. So, so for the first, uh, you know, for the first few years, it was, it was, uh, you know, mostly me programming. Um, but you know, now we have engineers on the team and, uh, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point where I just, I just don't, I, yeah. I don't yeah. have the time to program anymore, but, um, but yeah, for, for a large, a large portion of Clerky's history, it was, it was just me programming away. That's great. Well, that's yeah. terrific. So do you want to, um, before we wrap up, I guess maybe share with folks how they can, how they can find it, how they can check it out. It's, uh, is it clerkly.com? Let me see. I have it pulled up here. Um, how, how do they, how do they yeah. find the website? Yeah, it's just clerky.com, C-L-E-R-K-Y.com. Um, and you can basically sign up immediately and incorporate a company. That's, that's great. great, Darby. Hey, really, we really appreciate you being on the show. We look forward to, to uh, you know, keep us posted on uh, on these uh, collaboration tools that you guys are working on. I think that's a, I think that's a really good idea. And I think if you can figure out how to do that, that'll be really that'll be really uh, exciting. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.